1: Are the Bucs interested in moving up in the NFL draft? We'll tell you how far and for what position. In the XFL Files Chapter 11, they owe a lot of money to coaches, including the Vipers' Mark Tressman. And does any NHL team need a chance to compete in the playoffs more than your Tampa Bay Lightning? And will one of baseball's plans to play the season in the Citrus and the Cactus League work? We'll discuss those things and more with Chris Torello of Spectrum Sports 360 and Bay News 9 on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Uh, Steve, there was a story in the Monday Morning Quarterback by Albert Breer in Sports Illustrated uh, on, I guess it was Monday morning, talking about, of course it was Monday morning because it's Monday morning quarterback, duh, uh, talking about some teams that are looking to move up in the draft, and one of those, maybe not to a big surprise, are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, according to... Albert Breer, and, and we've talked to Jason Light about this, who you would expect to be rightfully vague uh, when it comes to things like this. The reason would be um, to move up for an offensive tackle, and we know that right tackle is a, is a big need. In fact, they don't really have one um, uh, of any ilk, and so you know, you're know you sitting there with guys like uh, Jedrick Wills uh, from Alabama, Tristan Wirfs from Iowa, Andrew Thomas from Georgia, um, and, and Makai Becton from Louisville, And, you know, it's very likely that the first 10 picks in the draft will be, you know, quarterbacks and or offensive linemen. So this makes sense to me. Um, Now, as Jason Light has said in the past when we had him on a conference call last week, which was, you know, you got to have a dance partner. You can't just say I'm moving up. But I think they probably learned. I mean, what was it? A couple years ago, remember, they were picking seventh overall. And um, some guys were falling to them. They needed defensive line help and offensive line help. And it just it just didn't work out um, you know the way they had hoped to. Guys like Quentin Nelson went right mm-hmm. before them. To yeah, I think they had three guys
0: they were really targeting and they were number seven. Yeah. And they yeah, all went all they all went by five, the top six, six picks.
1: That's right. And so they traded down, in fact, five spots and that's when they got Vitavea. Um, so, you know, uh, the other one was Bradley Chubb went to Denver right before, mm-hmm. um, right before Nelson. So it was, it was five, six, and then they were out of luck. So I think they learned from that. And I, and I would expect that they probably want one of these, um, top four guys to play right tackle for him. And so that means, you know, getting ahead of some teams and, um, I, I expect them to try to do that. I, just, I again, I just don't know, you know, how successful they'll be because, what you don't know is what are these teams wanting in return? Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of compensation, um, you know, you, you'd have to get another team that's that's looking to move up is Atlanta, not for offensive line help, but probably for defensive line help. So there's going to be a lot of competing factors there. And, um, you know, as far as the Bucks' draft capital goes, they've got a pick in each round and two in the fourth round. Um, one that they got as a compensatory pick, none in the seventh. So, Unless you're talking about next year's picks, um, I'm I'm not sure, like, for example, that they would give up a second rounder in this draft with all the needs they have. So we'll see. I mean, depends um, on how far you're moving up. I mean, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, if
0: you're moving up to, you know, two or three spots, it may not take a second
1: rounder. It may not take that. It may take your fourth. You're you're trying to move up to number
0: six or seven. That's a different story.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And 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 and, and it all
0: depends on how the draft falls, too. If, absolutely several offensive tackles don't go early you may not need to move up for the guy you want
1: yeah and we have you know i've always said this when it comes to trades i mean it's it's an on the generally unless you're trading for the first pick overall right mm-hmm. um it's an on the clock type deal right yes. i mean you, you you have to see who's falling you have to see if your guy's going to be there and also um for the team that's going to trade out they need to see how far back they're going you know and who's going to be there for them in other words when the Bucks traded out at um, a couple years ago, when they traded out at seven, they didn't want to go too much below twelve. Um, they they liked Vita Vitavea. They thought they could get him later than seven. Um, there was you know uh, there were some other players on the board that they would have been comfortable with, but you don't want to move too far back and then you you miss out on you know too many good players. So um, yeah, it, make, it makes sense. Look, they got to come out of this with the right tackle. I'm convinced. And, and if anybody, I mean. They may end up with a different player, but, you know, everybody says we want the best available talent, that sort of thing. And what they really mean, always mean, is we want the best player at a a biggest need position. And it just so happens there's four offensive tackles, any one of which they'd be very happy with. I think, Um, you know, Thomas played right tackle at, uh, I'm sorry, Jedrick Wills played at right tackle at Alabama. I I think uh, Wirfs can do it. All of them could do it. Um, Louisville Beckton was a left tackle you could always also consider moving somebody like Donovan Smith if you wanted to to right tackle I don't think he would be as good there but um, you know they got they got lots of options so well and, and think, look uh,
0: you just signed Tom Brady to a two-year 50 million dollar contract protect mm. the man
1: mm-hmm.
0: I mean that's that's if they don't come away with a, an offensive lineman in the first round I think it's a shocker I do too. Unless they just too. can't get up to get those four, and it's not worth reaching for whoever's next. That's right. But if they don't get an offensive tackle, to me, it's a shocker. Yeah, that is that's I, probably their biggest position of need and most important when you have Tom Brady, quarterback, who's not a mobile quarterback. That's right. You need to protect him. Mm-hmm. You know he's he's the biggest free agent you've ever signed. You've got to yeah. make sure he's protected first
1: and foremost. No doubt. Yeah, he's going to be in a pocket. Everybody knows it. it's not like Jameis. He can't he can't extend plays. He's not going to do that. He'll throw the ball out of bounds. But you got to have somebody that can play, and that's it's a big thing to do. Even to ask a rookie to come in and play right tackle, you've got to be a special guy. Uh, we've talked about how hard it is to find offensive linemen that are ready to play because first and foremost, these college uh, programs are all running spread options, and so mm-hmm. that means uh, that they the offensive linemen are never or rarely in a three point stance. They're always already set up to pass block. They don't even huddle for God's sakes. So they've never even really, you know, been in a huddle, much less, um, you know, had to come out of a ball, come off the ball on a three-point stance. And on top of that, um, even under the best of circumstances, when there is an off-season, and this mm-hmm. year's there's not, you, you're not allowed to put pads on these guys until you get to training camp. So it's really hard, you know, the underwear Olympics do not work for offensive linemen. They they can learn plays and they can learn, you know, the playbook and certain things like this. But as far as evaluating them and them really getting a feel for what it's like to play in the NFL. They won't get that until they put on the pads in training camp and or the preseason. And in this year, we don't know when training camp is going to be, much less whether there'll be a preseason. Um, so it's going to be even doubly important to to make sure um, that you get a a quality right tackle. And it might just not be any right tackle. They may have their eyes on one particular right tackle That they want, and and again, I think it goes back to the "you're all in" mentality, right? You've got Tom Brady for two years, okay. Uh, We knew that they were willing to pay him whatever it took, and they did. We knew that um, they were able to, you know, agree to to sort of um, cooperate on on an offensive plan, which they will do. He's going to learn the the terminology of Arian's offense, but that makes sense because you don't want to teach. Uh, the whole team something different especially this year so uh, but in terms of you know Brady is going to get a lot of control here of that offense and along with that comes comes a responsibility that you know what we're all in now and if that means mortgaging a part of our future then we're going to do it because we got we got Tom Brady for potentially two years maybe three who knows Um, but but you really want to try to make a run right now. Meanwhile, uh, we talked uh, a little bit about the, the XFL, of course, uh, them uh, suspending operations. Now they have filed Chapter 11. Not a surprise, uh, trying to get uh, some, some protection there. Uh, that list came out. Boy, Steve, they owe a lot of money to coaches, um, including, including Mark Trestman. I think I think he's owed like 700 and something thousand dollars.
0: Shouldn't it be whatever he's been paid already and we call it even? I mean, that's highway <laughs> robbery, isn't it?
1: right it's (laughs) yeah whatever you got is for one win and then the rest are for losses so we're not going to pay you um i mean bob stoops bob stoops is is like a million but i mean they
0: had to pay him a lot to get him to come here i don't think you had to pay trustman that much
1: i was shocked that trustman had leverage i mean what you know what what was his what was his backup plan exactly Mm -hmm. was he was he wanted as an nfl head coach i don't think so um but there's a lot of a lot of people on there that are owed money i think uh some local entities too that are owed money. I think around in and around Tampa Bay, if I'm not mistaken. But um, yeah, it's difficult to see. I mean, look, this. I'm wondering, you know, uh, uh, the economic uh, disaster aside, which is is significant to all sports leagues, not the least of which is Spring Football League. I wonder if if watching the AAF, which was poorly organized and and run, um, fold, and then now the XFL. How long do you think before there will be a spring league <laughs> in football? professional
0: oh i think you know i think it's going to be a while for a lot of reasons i mean yeah until you figure out what sports and live entertainment is going to look like going forward and if it changes drastically once we're through this once they have a vaccine and and things get back to you know normal what is the new Mm. normal Um, right but yeah seeing the af fail and now the 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 thing is the XFL, xfl didn't fail I mean, this, no, this took just, a hundred-year pandemic to.
1: Yeah, it's a shame
0: to you know crash the economy and and, and shut sports down that really caused it. I mean, I, I think the XFL would have been back for year number two. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know, you know, long term what they're you know where they needed to be to make to call it a success, but I don't think it was going to fold after the first year, except for a hundred-year pandemic.
1: Yeah, rating, rate, ratings weren't good. Um, well but, but the, the question the is weeks, but,
0: the, the question is is what were they expecting from ratings? I mean
1: That's true. You know,
0: were they matching the NFL? No, but they were never going to be that much. I mean Yeah. You know, it, it, it's easy to sit there and say the ratings weren't good, but the question is what were their expectations going in? And and I don't know right. if they met them, exceeded them or were well or far behind them. You know, to know where, where what is good and what is bad and what works and what doesn't.
1: Yeah. There's some other news uh, on Monday as well. Um Tavares Jackson, if you remember him, Minnesota Vikings quarterback, he uh, was killed in a car accident in Alabama. Um, a lot of people remember him um, playing for not just the Vikings also I think the Seattle Seahawks mm-hmm. as well.
0: Yep, played 10 years in the NFL.
1: Yeah, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, and BJ Daniels had a nice uh, tribute to him yeah, he on, did. on Twitter. Um, he at was, one point it was him
1: it. at one point it was him, Russell Wilson and Tavares Jackson in Seattle. is mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Um, so yeah, that was that was tough. And then Christian McCaffrey, how about this? Christian McCaffrey exceeds uh, all contracts for running backs. Gets four years, sixteen million dollars a year. And we were talking, I think a minute ago, it seems about how the running back position has been devalued. Here's a guy going to get sixteen million. But I think, as much as anything, the reason is Steve is that he's just an offensive weapon. I was
0: going to say they don't they don't use him like a, a it's not used like a, a girly or. Um, you know, Le'Veon Bell, you know, right. he's not used right. in the same way. They put him in space more and, and get him mm-hmm. out and um, line him up all over the place. And, and you know, so he's not a traditional running back. Yeah, you, like, you put it best, He's an offensive weapon. Yes. And one of the best over, in the game.
1: Yeah, 2,000 yards, I think, in total yardage uh, a couple times or close to it and, and a guy that can get you 150, 200 yards a game. Uh, really now the center of their offense because they've lost – a number of weapons, including, you know, who knows what what happens there necessarily. Um, you know, at the quarterback when Teddy Bridgewater takes over, but um, so McCaffrey is locked happy. up. Teddy's got to yeah, be Yeah, <laughs> he's got to be this is his best friend. You know, he's going to hand it and throw it to him a whole lot because Ch- Teddy likes to check the ball down a little bit. Um, so, yeah, but you know what's interesting? Like McCaffrey, the two games he played against the Bucks last year did virtually nothing. He had one run where there was a missed tackle by Devin White. Um, against uh, Carolina mm-hmm. in in London, um, but never gained never gained a hundred yards, never came close to it, really.
0: Well, and, but as bad as that Bucks defense has been for several years, and and even kind of started the season, they were great against the run. I mean that that defense last year was Number tremendous one. against the run, which is one of the reasons yeah. you wanted Indomik and Sue back, and you wanted that whole defensive line or as much of it back as you could get is. You know, while the secondary was growing up and is very young and the linebacking corps is fairly young, too, outside Levante David, the defensive line was tremendous, particularly in stopping the run, which meant, you know, your back end had to focus on one thing.
2: Hold up. What was that?
1: Before we get to Chris Torello here in just a second, two days in a row for Chris, um, we're going to uh, tell you about a mailbag we have coming up for tomorrow. Uh, we'd love your questions. We're getting some responses or some questions in already. We'll give you the responses. Here's what you do. Just send the uh, question to us on Twitter if you'd like, at day TV, or you can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Big mailbag day. Tomorrow, we know you got questions about uh, the Bucks, the draft, uh, Tom Brady, you name it, uh, also uh, the future of things like the NHL and the NBA and, and so on. Um, we'll be happy to answer those for you on tomorrow's show. All right, the lovely and talented Chris Trello of Spectrum Sports 360, you see him on Bay News 9, joins us now, and as they say in Hamilton, he was in the Zoom when they made it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let me just say, boy, off the top, how many of these uh, – what's the technology like now? Can you be in – are you in studio? Or are you doing Zooms? Are you like everybody else doing this new technology from your, your uh, remote studio at home?
3: So here's what I'll, I'll, let, I'll let people inside, you know. Pull I'll, the curtain
1: back for me, Chris. Yeah,
3: I'll pull the – pay no attention. But, no, so, like, I, when I anchor our show, Spectrum Sports 360, every night, 10, 30 – on bay news nine i go when i'm anchoring two three times a week i'm in this i'm actually there in the studio i do my newsroom shift and everything and credit Mm -hmm. credit spectrum man they feed us they don't if you don't you know they make sure we have dinner and we don't have to leave and all that stuff. So, um, but you know, and then the other days it's either, if I can go do a story, we're obviously implementing all the safe guideline rules and we're, we're never like lob, we never like put the little small microphone lobs as we call them onto somebody. We just use our handheld microphones and we stand six feet away and we usually have like a, Some people have been using like a Swiffer or a mop or something just to stick to the end just so they're six feet away. And we do our stories that way. Or we've been doing a lot of Zoom interviews. I mean, I had the one-on-one with Jeff Scott over Zoom. I had Mike Norvell. Um, I've been doing a lot of uh, Zooms. And to me, it's just as good because people are like, hey, I don't need to come set up anything at your house or or a field or anything. I just need five or ten minutes of you at your kitchen table talking to me. You know, so we're we're doing that, but I think we're we're still very quality. You know, like hey, let's you know we still have people in the studio, but very very minimum. And uh, I think we've done a really good job with that. And but it's funny because like I haven't seen my co- I haven't seen, like Catherine Smith and kenny and mike and olivia stacy i haven't seen them in like four weeks so it's like (laughs) so weird we actually did a zoom um happy hour the other night it was nice to see everyone and and i don't even think any of us drank we just sat and talked because we hadn't seen each other and uh we have a great group so uh, we really it was just nice to see all of them you do
1: have a bunch of nice folks i i I feel pressure i i'm not on but just once a week thank god but I see, you know, all these people that are on all the time, and I would think there's pressure for your, like, quote-unquote home shot, right? Do you Does everybody have a bookcase like Adam Schefter with the mini helmets? Or, according, to my, uh, according to
3: my sources. Um,
1: according no, to my sources, I, have, I got Tom Brady, I've added to Michigan, yeah. now you have the Buccaneers. Yeah, he's got all three now. Um, so, big Tom Brady so guy. It
3: depends on how, like, so I've had a couple different shots, and I just moved into a new place, so for me it's, One time I had it set up where I just had like a blank wall behind me and really, I think I had the Jose Fernandez bobblehead from USF and just for the hell of it. But my girlfriend, we actually, we have a really nice kitchen. And so what we did was we had the whole background of the kitchen, but we kind of covered up most of it with, she had this big whiteboard. And so I've been like writing things like Woody Page on the way, oh, Okay. But like, All right. Good. But yeah. Like the first, but so like, ha- that's half the time. There's other times where I can do like my follow through, which comes after our big feature stories where I can be in studio and they do it in the newsroom and we're safely away. But if they have to come to me, sometimes it's in my house. And so I've had a couple where like the one was like TV show checklist. And so it was like Tiger King and Ozarks and Spectrum Sports <laughs> 360 and, you know, stuff like that. The second one, and I still have it written there because I think it's genius, and my girlfriend writes it all out, and she doesn't like it. She she erases it and does it over. But it actually says social distancing since 1989. So it was actually great. <laughs> so that one was up there. And my mother, God love her, she texts me, and um, she goes, I watched the show, Chris. What do you mean social? You have friends. Like, it like." <laughs> like <laughs> I'm like, 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 I'm like a ten-year-old or something. So, yeah. You know? <laughs> what? That's
1: that's how your mom sounds. Your I mom- saw the show, Chris. You got friends.
3: What's wrong with you, Chris? You're fine. <laughs> You're a you? handsome boy. Like God. You're a crazy
1: person. you acted acting What's like a crazy you, person.
3: Chris, Chris, just go talk to them. They'll like you for who you are. Like, I mean, this is the stuff <laughs> my mother still says to me. You know, like God love her. You know, but it's. Uh, <laughs> It's really bad, That's
1: man. <laughs> phenomenal. Phenomenal insight. Because I, I, I think people are feeling pressure, you know. And I and I, I, got a couple yeah. of helmets here. One from Arkansas State, one from Wisconsin, and another one I won't mention. But You uh, make
3: it look good, though. You do. You, you uh, make it look yeah, it's good. Kind I,
1: have of, I haven't like, really. I haven't. Uh, you know, my wife has to hold the camera. So it's not really. I got to get a tripod or something. It's, it's not the best method. Because, quite frankly, some of these, um, you know, you guys always run the. Uh, uh, the presidents and, 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 and the um, the whole coronavirus press conferences, which can go about three hours, right? And you never know when they're going to end. So uh. we're always sort of waiting for that. Um, so it's a good workout, you know, for for, uh, for my <laughs> wife to, to sit there and hold her arms in a certain position. But
3: nah, she does um, a great so that's, job. that's
1: armed today. But yeah, it's tough. Nah, you guys do a good um, job. Okay. Yeah, we do the best we can. Uh, so uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on a couple of things that have that have happened here or transpired uh since we last talked and uh, i'll just start with the fact that the xfl
3: mm.
1: happy trails they they have like many businesses uh ceased operations of course they only got to play what five games before things were shut down so what's the legacy i mean another tampa bay football team that uh, didn't manage to win many games but i mean is there going to be a spring football league that that ever works or and this is this is no one could see a pandemic coming obviously but it looked mm. like it had a lot of promise, Chris.
3: I think, and I tweeted this out that like the the alliance, the whatever the hell that one was, they 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 <laughs> were done because yeah, yeah, of yeah, lies, yes. lies mm. innuendo, hubris. You, I mean the that ESPN article which laid everything out about the Ebersol kid and ever. I mean, my yeah. god, the crap they pulled. Um, yeah, this was well run, well funded. Oliver Luck all the way down. And um, I think it was just the pandemic got them. And I think they looked at the finances of it and said, well, we really, we don't know when we're going to be able to get these guys back. There's no sense in keeping anyone right now. And I think they almost look at it as we've got everything in place. If we can bring them back in the fall, maybe. But I just don't, I, I don't know. And what stinks is it got off to a hot start. The ratings weren't great. Once you got to like weeks three and four and stuff like that, but I still enjoyed it. And you know what? Even though like Quentin Flowers, you know, the former USF QB, even though he didn't play a lot and there was there was a lot of drama with that. And temp the Tampa Bay fans fed into that. You know, and that's part of it is sometimes the storylines that go with your football team. So You know, I think there was a lot of interest, and it stinks because we kept on hearing, no matter what, there will be a year two. It took something pretty drastic and worldwide to really kind of say, "Listen, we got to put a shutdown to this." And it stinks because I talked to some players, spoke with a couple of the of their team personnel, and um, just just gut punch. You know, they feel they feel awful. I mean, a lot of these. You look at some of these professionals who work there, who basically they they took a chance. Some of them left other teams, left other organizations and companies and and decided to jump on with the XFL. And now they're, unfortunately, they're, they're, they're like a lot of Americans right now where they, they don't have a job and uh, through no fault of their own. So, um, you know, it stinks. And and I think that's, it should be a good sobering note for, not, for us, you know, as, as people who cover these people, but we get to know, the, the the media coordinators of teams and we get to know the the communication departments and so it stinks you know and then hopefully for fans this is another signal like look spring football got taken from you you know you don't want fall football to be taken from you so that's another wake-up call i think for people to just i know it's difficult but just keep doing what we're been told and sooner or later we'll get back to a relative normal and I think uh, that there's a whole big message in what happened with the XFL.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I, I'm disappointed though, but I didn't. I didn't get much Vipers gear. I don't know. Did you? Did you stock up on that? Is that available I, still? Like,
3: I didn't stock up. They get, they so just like the Bucks, and we had talked about this another time, where the Bucks sent us a Brady jersey. Yeah. Um, they sent us a Vipers football, which I have. And yeah. then they sent us a Vipers t-shirt but it was like a men's medium and I haven't been a medium since second grade so <laughs> I um so I just gave it to my girlfriend. So we do have Vipers gear in the house. It's a comfortable shirt and uh yeah, so that's that's about it. That's that's about all the Vipers gear we got. But I do have a football and it's actually right. a really nice football, so.
1: A medium. I think you could uh you could now see you could use that football for your background. That that might be uh but, it would yeah you know, no event, doubt in the you're right
3: yeah we'll just get all the defunct teams and we'll put them up and uh we'll see what we can do so that maybe, maybe that's an interesting that would be a very interesting background for sure
1: yeah so. speaking of uh teams that aren't playing right now and and for that matter may not we don't know what the future holds for anything right now but um you know the tampa bay lightning spent all season right preparing <laughs> to erase the memory of four straight losses to columbus in the postseason in fact uh, they have lost now six in a row uh, in the postseason, if you go back the year before in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, but who wants to remember that against Washington? Having said that, uh, what if there is no playoff hockey? And we don't know what form it will take. And they're, they're obviously, it, this isn't – hockey is not something you can practice by yourself. It's not – you can't go out and shoot baskets, for example. Um, you need ice. You need, uh, you know, you need a lot of things, right? And so mm-hmm. they've been able to uh, unable to do this. So if they do come back, there's going to have to be a little bit of a warm up here. Um, but when I think about this season and what its what its conclusion could could be or or may not, you know, the way it may not finish. Chris, I can't think of a team that's in that this matters more to than the Lightning. For this reason, they geared everything towards towards you know moving on past this Columbus nightmare. And, and trying to get back to Stanley Cup. And it, and it is – they need to get to a Stanley Cup with this group. And they did the things that they thought they needed to do, even though the record wasn't as good as a year ago. But they, they got bigger. They got stronger. They got some enforcers. They, you know, um, they, they, they played really well, needless to say. And yet here they are. I can't think of a worse outcome than for the Lightning not to be able to chance – to get a chance to finish this year.
3: Yeah, it would be, I'll tell you, it'd be a real shame. And, and, you know, it's interesting because I was just thinking the other day about like, you know, a year ago, Julian Bricebois in his first year as the GM and take over for, for Iserman and he didn't do anything at the deadline. And what does he do this year? He unloads a first round pick. He unloads foot. He, you know, he gets, he gets that, those forwards. I think he got Blake Coleman and uh, he got another guy. So, you know, they, they, they were like really in this, like you said. So it's, yeah. Here's the thing. Like, I think it was Ryan McDonough who they've been doing these like teleconferences a little bit. And I think McDonough mm-hmm. said, you know, you give us seven to 10 days on the ice. Give us you know a chance to kind of break in the yeah. legs and, you know, get a few nicks and cuts. We should be good to go. So, I mean, listen, I, I think here's the thing. I think athletes today are a lot different than athletes 10, 20, 30 years ago where they're constantly training. They're constantly working out. And so I would think if if the season were to be able to go at some point in June without fans, uh, I think that the lightning would be ready and they'd be more than willing. And it just stinks. Here's my thing. I I think I'm an optimistic person, or at least I try to be. I think we're going to see baseball. We're probably going to see golf. NASCAR is going to return IndyCar. We're going to get seasons out of different things. For the life of me, Rick, there's something telling me the NBA and the NHL do not play again, and I don't know why. I think it's just the way they're turning, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. Gary Bettman is not afraid to go through a shutdown. He's done it about four or five times. Adam Silver Mm -hmm. is the one who pretty much catapulted all of this, you know, because if he doesn't say, hey, we're we're shutting this down, Rudy Gobert tested positive, who knows where we are? So... It's going to be really interesting these, these next few weeks as we get towards May and we get more answers and more testing and we start to see hopefully a small glimmer of hope. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if some of these leagues change their tune, but those are the last two that I'm not really sure about. I'm, I'm getting a little more positive about football and other sports, but for the life of me, just because we're right there at the end, and what would you do? Would you just take the top eight teams? Would you just for the life of me it's it's really tough and and, and like you said, the lightning have worked so hard to try and erase those memories how unfair would it be for them and now Steven Stamkos could have been healthy you know yes. i mean it's it, the whole thing is kind of up there. It's like wow, like every break they needed, and then that now all of this happens so it's it's just unfortunate, but I don't know what's gonna happen. That's just something inside me saying I don't see the NHL really coming back.
1: Well, that would be a shame. Uh, John Ramona wrote about this in the Tampa Bay Times, speaking especially about John Cooper. Seven seasons, right, full seasons as a coach. He's won 343 regular season games, and no one is even close. Um, among those coaches that have been behind the bench for at least 500 career games, Cooper's at 578. His His – percentage of 645 second only to scotty bowman in nhl (laughs) history and yet this man does not have a cup and you know may not get another chance this year um after another terrific season so um that would be something and speaking of the other sports we will just quickly run through them a little bit what do you make of baseball's plan now again all of this is subject to testing and, and quarantining and i know I know a lot of these leagues are talking about getting these guys in a singular place and quarantining the teams and then and then the leagues maybe starting without fans, et cetera, assuming testing is available. But the latest that we read was maybe having a a league uh in the grapefruit League, right like spring training those yeah. those teams yeah. in the Tampa bay uh down in the in into west Central Florida and all that um maybe just limiting the number of stadiums that you play at. Against the Cactus League, we know that the, all the teams are in Arizona, so you'd have to completely have there would not be an American League East or Central or west. It would simply be the Cactus League sort of against the uh, the grapefruit League and then determine i mean do do you think this is something that uh, that they may have to resort to
3: I think I, you know what I think with every passing day, baseball loses a lot of money, and I think they know that eventually they're going to have to just figure out what's the best way to get ourselves back out there. I think yep. I, I honestly don't think if, if a t te- if a league comes back, I don't see fans being involved. I don't know if fans are going to be involved with with any sport for the foreseeable future. But yeah. um I think when it comes to baseball, I mean, really, like I've heard some players say the crowd really matters. I've heard a lot of former players dissing on the Rays, saying, well, for Tampa Bay, it's no big deal, you know, and you know, they don't need a fan. They don't need fans in the stands, but like for the Yankees, they need fans or the Red Sox. They need fans. I think for a lot of baseball players, it's probably easier because it's like, okay, like let's just go out there and play like, you know, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it would work. I saw that the division, like, I think they would, I think the Rays would be with the twins Mm -hmm. and the Red Sox and, Uh, The Braves, (laughs) the Twins and the Braves are pretty darn good. So it would be really interesting to see that type of division lineup. But you know what? I think if I'm baseball, I do it because there's a chance. You'll never have this chance again to have that kind of quirky, you know, divisions or to go to say, screw the NL, screw the AL. We're putting the DH everywhere. We're doing yeah. this, we're doing that. We're going to have players sitting all throughout the stands and, you know, we're going to have testing. And I think it's something you'd want to do just because you'll never do it again. And I think it would be something that everyone could remember. Granted, I think, you know, Alex Rodriguez made a good point about Arizona and the same could be said for Florida. These games are going to have to be played either at 9 a.m. or nine o'clock at night. So, you know, cause once it's going to get hot pretty quick in both areas. So that's the only thing is I don't think you want to run these guys out there every day at one o'clock playing in the heat like that. So that would be a yeah. whole separate issue, but you know, that's not their biggest concern. Their biggest concern is just getting them on the field right now. But I think it'd be really fun for everyone to see the Rays playing down at Port Charlotte, or why wouldn't the Rays take advantage of playing at the trop? You know, I mean, that would be great. So sure. Yeah. And you know what? Line them up right from the morning play a bunch of games, 10 a.m. all the way through, man. I think it'd be great. I think baseball would have a full slate, and guess what? Every single one of us would watch, you know, no, and, and it wouldn't. would be fun. So I say whatever baseball wants to do, I'm in. I don't care what it is. If pitchers have to pitch off of one leg, I don't care. Do it. <laughs> like, I just want to see <laughs> baseball. Please. Well,
1: I mean, at some point when you wind up, you are on one leg. There's that, that's that's irrefutable. Well, there you go. I, See, I, you know, I mean, if, you, I if you're in seen the stretch, in so long, yeah. I forgot. You know, there, so there you, there you go. go. So. Yeah, you're you're, you're, you're you're you know the wine, the kick, the kick. You know, you kick and, and whatever. The uh, so, You know, I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Norman has to
3: call games. That's that's my only. He's got to call every
1: game. I think he calls uh, every game. I think yeah, that's I mean, uh, yeah. Welcome to the cactus league. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah Hundred yeah,
3: degrees. I'm wearing a tiny Bahama. Let's play baseball. <laughs> So, I'd have a I'd have a ball with that. I gotta teach that football. You know. I'd, I'd love that. I'd be
1: all in. I'd sign up for it. Uh the one that I'm not sure about, Chris, because I like to get on my uh I like to get on my soapbox, whatever that is. I, I apparently they used to have boxes of soap that you stood on. But I like <laughs> to get on my soapbox here because um college football. College football. If if you're talking about We have to play college football, and Kirk Herbstreet has said that this would never happen. Um, That's his opinion. Everybody has opinion. Nobody knows. But the thing about it is, with with college football, because I think it's the biggest lie in the world, it's professional sports, and everybody gets paid but the players. So if they'd say to these guys, these student-athletes, right? Because they're student-athletes. Chris, they're not athletes and students. Yeah, yeah. They go to –
3: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's wonderful.
1: They go to all their – so if they say to these student-athletes, look, well, we have to play. We'll play in front of nobody, but we're going to run out there and fight, fight, fight for old Notre Dame. Yeah. this is You couldn't admit any more that you're a professional sports league than, than that, in my opinion. I, think, it what it I is. think
3: you're right. And I've been listening to different – like, I, mentioning Notre Dame, I actually was – during one of my runs on my – uh, Brian Kelly was on with Mike Tirico, and Brian Kelly said, you know, that August 29th game where Notre Dame's supposed to go to Dublin to play uh, Navy, he goes, that's not happening. Like He basically admitted it's not happening. Navy's looking at plans mm-hmm. B, C, and D. Um, mm-hmm. Kelly and his uh, athletic director, Jack Schwarbrick, have been talking about possibly the season doesn't start until October. Maybe you just do conference games for other leagues. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. But I, – and I, I – um." To to prove that I'm to prove I, I am a fan of this podcast. I was listening to you and Matt Baker not that long ago, and I think Matt Baker made a great point that there's no way on God's green earth you can tell 150 staffers, players, and coaches you're allowed back on campus, but the rest of the student body and faculty are not allowed. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense to me. It's not that it's all or nothing. It's everyone's back and we're pushing forward or none of you are back. And if that's the case, I don't see how you could have athletics. So, and granted, I understand this is big time stuff and the money's the money, but you know, it would be, it would be very interesting. you know, if, if the NCAA came and said, yeah, we're going to play football, might the, might the player say, oh, to hell we will. Like, you know, like, unless you give us some incentive to play, you know, like I would be very intrigued if maybe like, didn't what was it? The NCAA actually formed some type of like little union, these these players right before they announced whether they were going to allow the spring athletes to have another year or something, they actually formed like a small union the weekend before, before the committee were to decide. And they actually came up with a list of things they wanted. It wouldn't be that out of touch to see like the big, you know, the head players of the NCAA football realm to kind of come together and say, Hey, we want this, this, and this, you know, I could see that. I think you're in a different world now, you know, and if you want us to go out there and play, where now it's not just injury that can take away my future. What if I get this illness in the middle of a season and I can't play the rest of the year and I lose my chance at millions. So there's a lot there that has to be decided. But the first thing is if campuses aren't open, they're not playing. It's that simple. I could see them saying we're opening up the campus and we're going to have students in class. We're going to have players, but we're still not going to have fans. I could see that happening. Um, but yeah, I think you'd have to at least get the campuses safe. If you can't do that, there's no way in hell you're going to have football.
1: Right. Well, you've had a a good relationship so far, and have talked to Jeff Scott at USF yeah. in his first year. What a what a tough time to come in and take over a program. But how's he holding up right now?
3: He's doing well. You know, I think they they just landed a, a pretty good commitment. From an Auburndale defensive back, and uh, he won't be the last. They're making end roads with a lot of kids, not just in the area, but in the state and other parts of the the uh, East Coast. And you know they're doing a great job with Zoom. I think the biggest thing with that is is that they, you know, they, you know, you, you, whether it's FaceTime or whatever, you really feel like you're you're right there with. The parents with the grandparents with the recruit and you're able to sit there and talk with them for 20 or 30 minutes and then you don't have to get in your car or go on an airplane you're just you're done so um you know he's they're doing well um i know that they're still trying to figure out kind of the, the offense a little bit and the defense and playbooks but um yeah i mean they listen they they're excited and uh, i think if usf can get on the field this year They might surprise some people. Now, what surprise? I think if they're fighting for a bowl game right about the end of November, that's a pretty good year for them because I think there's a lot of talent, but there's plenty of question marks, and it all starts at quarterback.
1: He is Chris Torello. You see him on Spectrum Sports, Bay News 9, uh, and also in front of his white grease board in his (laughs) kitchen. You have friends, Chris. Young wife. I'll tell you, you got friends, Chris. You got friends. <laughs> <laughs> you you got a friend in me, oh. Sheriff Woody said. So, um, thanks again, buddy. We'll uh, we'll talk to you down the road. Thanks for the two days of, uh, of sports talk here.
3: All righty, stay safe,
1: man. It was great to have Chris. A couple days this week. Uh, always enjoy talking to him. Remember, now we're going to have our mailbag segment on tomorrow's podcast. You still got plenty of time to get your questions in. You can do that. On Twitter, by sending us your question at SportsDayTB, or you can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampa com. Coming up later this week, we're going to talk NFL Draft. We are uh, almost a week away uh, Thursday, as a matter of fact, uh, before the NFL Draft, and we're going to talk to Trevor Sigma. If you remember Trevor, uh, he, of course, was with the Pewter Report, and then he joined the Draft Network, and they're having lots of success. And unfortunately for him, he uh, moved to Carolina, uh, I believe, uh, with his uh, his girlfriend. I think has a job up there as well, maybe for ESPN. But uh, regardless of the reason, uh, he did it so that we could then get Tom Brady, and he wouldn't have to cover uh, a good football team. No, I I don't. Trevor's been funny about it. He's like, you know, I had to leave for for you guys to finally get some recognition. But um, he's up there in Carolina, where they're rebuilding. But but his his main job, of course, is to work for the draft network. He does a terrific job. Knows the draft inside and out, so we might uh, visit with him for a while, maybe in a couple days. We'll see how that goes, and uh, that'll be later in the week. So we appreciate you guys listening. For Steve Versnick I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.